and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Dear, then he comes back to send. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Dawson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined as always by Ryan. Ryan, how are you getting on, bud? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, mate. Good stuff. Uh, Luke, how are you? Good, thank you, pal. And Shaf, how are you, bud? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Good stuff. So, although we're all okay now, we must have settled down from the other night because it's been a difficult week to be a Dale fan, I think it's fair to say. After a disappointing 2-0 home loss to Charlton Athletic over the weekend, followed up with a 4-1 defeat to MK Dons on Tuesday night. Um, we haven't got any sort of order for the questions for these games because I think they kind of run into each other. So we're just going to sort of dig into both of those games and, and pick them apart and then think about where the rest of the season's heading, I suppose. So, uh, Ryan, I'll come to you first. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that Charlton game first, obviously. Um, disappointing, uh, but obviously Charlton are a very good side, but very, very predictable performance from Dale. Yeah, I thought so. I thought, to be fair, I thought Charlton were really good. Uh, we were obviously poor, um, but I think they set the stall out early doors. They got to grips with how we played early doors and just were a better team, to be honest, for, throughout the whole game. It's... And EK again, it's poor defending from Osho, but really good forward play from him um, to hold him off like that and then to finish, I thought was really impressive. Uh, but it's poor from Osho and it's, you didn't expect it from him because he's looked a big, powerful, sort of no-nonsense unit while he's been here and he's been turned over. So it's not just Roberts. Um, but yeah, it was a poor goal to concede him. And the second... A poor defending from a set piece again. Um, and it's Roberts' man who puts it in. I think it's another one of those where it's a good header from Pierce, um, but we've not got out quick enough. I think Owen O'Connell's for some reason on the line, despite the ball going backwards. Um, and then Roberts has come out too early and left his man who's free to knock it in. Um, I think if you watch that goal again, Roberts is tight with him on the goalkeeper. The ball goes over his head and he just wanders out, um, which you're a centre-half, you don't do that. But yeah, poor game, poor goals to concede again and we just didn't look threatening at all either, which is the first time in a long time we can serve it, I think. Yeah, Luke, um, I'll be honest, I missed the first 10 minutes of the game on Saturday and when I turned on and saw we were 1-0 down, there was no part of me which was surprised that it was kind of, it felt like it's the kind of thing that's happened time and time again this season. And that is one thing we definitely need to improve on, isn't it, in terms of conceding early on in games? Yeah, it's a, it's a standard process, it feels, these days, to, to go down as early as what we are. Um, I know BBM listening to him post-match against MK Don's made reference to it as well, as far as kind of starting better and, and what have you. And, um, you know, it's... It, it just it's so frustrating because the players will be working hard all week on a game plan to 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 get three points, and you're you're automatically adjusting uh, straight away almost when when going one 0 down. Um, just added a bit a bit more to what Rice said. Really, 
Uh, we know we struggle against big, powerful strikers, um, and Charlton had two of them, you know, so we're always going to find it hard against them, I thought. But um, combination of the two, I think Charlton were absolutely brilliant. I think they've been, they're up there as far as being one of the best teams that we've played this season, I think. They're up there with Lincoln, in my opinion, um, as far as how impressive they were. Um, but no excuses. Um, we were really poor, and the goals that we're conceding are just the same old shite goals week in, week out, game in, game out. And it's um, it's demoralising. It's um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it left me feeling really low, really, to be honest, after, after the MK Dons game. Um, because it's just every single week without any signs of improvement on our, you know, on our weaknesses. We all know what they are. Chaff, where did you stand in the Charlton game? Was it how much of it did you think was Charlton being very good, which they definitely, unquestionably were? And how much of it did you think was us being pretty poor? Um, it's a combination of both, like the other two have mentioned. Um, Charlton were very, very good, but. They were 2 0 down before we turned up. Um, and this is happening so frequent, there's an issue there. Don't know why we started so slowly, but we do. Um, they were 1 0 down, um, and EK getting the better of our defence, turning and fit, good finish. Um, the second goal, like I said, from a set piece, um, that hits the bar and then falls to one of their lads. And the, the the opening half an hour, we just weren't in the game at all. Now, I can I can put up with teams being better than us because of the size of the, the size of club we are in the league that we're in. Most teams in the division are going to be better than us, but for us to not turn up and to constantly give teams a head start. It's, it's so frustrating. It's almost like, we, we've said it before, it's almost like we prepared to go 1-0 down and then because we know we're going to start from there. BBM says in his post-match interviews all the time about how we react to goals. Well, how about we sort of react to, to kick-off instead of goals and we, we start the game as we mean to go on? It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of both. It's, we, we were awful. Um, we have been for weeks and Charlton were very, very good, um, as we all expected. The Charlton game's not... The, the result of the Charlton game's not an issue for me. We, we, we're not expecting to get anything from the game, but I expect a better performance. I expect a fight. Ryan, what, to sort of add on to that, I think it's been an issue for us for a while, hasn't it? Coming up against the better teams in the league, we don't really seem to have a plan to be able to frustrate them. I think... Aside from, you know, we've got a couple of decent draws against Sunderland and Portsmouth at home, but even last season, I, I seem to remember the fact that I think we only won against teams within the bottom eight or something like that last season. It, do we need to be a little bit smarter when we're coming up against these good teams rather than, you know, turning around that full-time and saying, well, they're a better side? Because we've seen Rochdale teams in the past that have mixed it with the best teams in the league. Or is that gap between ourselves and top teams in the league just getting bigger and bigger? I think it's... it's- Obviously, it's going to get bigger and bigger because of the budgets, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse today because I think I agree with Chaff. So it's it's rare we get beat by a top team and I come away and think we've not even laid a glove there. We've just rolled over for them and let them do what they want to us. And 
that's what we did against Charlton, I thought. I think the only other times you see it's probably Peterborough. They tend to always batter us and it's always, they just, they're better than us, but we don't make it difficult. But I, I weren't happy with a shape on Saturday, I must admit. I think the four four two has worked at points pretty well, especially going forward. But I think one way to combat the two big strikers and you either stop the ball at source or you put someone in front of a big man so it can't get to him easily enough. And we've not got anybody at the base of our midfield who does that job and we need them. That's what I thought Shaughnessy was going to be. And I'm not going to criticise him or BBM for not playing him because he's not played football for a while, so he's just not fit enough. But we'll come on to MK Dons, but there was a couple of air goals where I thought if you've got a midfield sitter there, that goal doesn't happen. And I include... MJ Williams, for all his faults, we don't concede some of the goals we conceded with him in the team this season because he'll stand in front of that man and stop that ball going into it. Look at that EK goal. How easy is that pass to get into him? And he's pinned his man so easily. And it's just, there's a lack of game management on the pitch from the players. And there's a lack of, there was a lack of, what looked like defensive structure and plan on Saturday. Um, and it needs addressing because we've got a lot of top teams to play in March. And if we play like that every week, we will undo any good work we've done all season and we'll be relegated by April. Luke, one of the points I made at half-time on Saturday to you guys was that we were playing a lot of sort of aimless long balls. And to me, it seemed like, although it wasn't a tactic, it, it was a case of us being unable to pass the ball out, being pressed and harried by Charlton's attack and then being forced into those balls. Um, do you think that's actually been the case for the majority of the season? I know I've pointed out a few times recently that we actually ran quite highly in terms of long balls. Do we think that's just a case of ourselves putting ourselves under pressure because we're, we're struggling to play it out from the back, as is obviously the plan? Yeah, I mean, when, when teams set up a certain way, it, it forces a long... Um, I think back to, you know, we go back to the first game of the season against Swindon when we had Newby and Dunn up front and Swindon um, played the game a treat and, you know, pressed us really high and we were playing long balls up to them too. Um, and then, you know, the introduction of Beasley, I thought, was, was a good one because I felt as though when we did get pressed, we then had the option to go long because Beasley showed good early signs of being able to kind of come short, hold the ball up. And then all of a sudden the pitch has opened up as well because the opposition have pressed man for man um, and you can attack further up the pitch. I thought that was kind of, we went through a spell where that was working. Now, I'm not saying Beasley's the answer, but obviously at this moment in time, Beasley is injured. Um, and I think the idea is that London has kind of filled in in that position and he's, he's not doing bad at all. But um, I just think, I was just thinking then as, as Rai were talking, we, we've praised BBM's recruitment and and I, I, I do stand by that. He, his recruitment has been good. But his recruitment has always been driven towards a certain type of player to fit our certain type of player and our certain principles. And is that too one-dimensional? Because we haven't got... It's like we've lost that nastiness that we used when BBM first took over, for example. We had a nastiness. We had a. We were effective in our play. B 
because all we needed was results. And I get that. And I get BBM changing it as far as then, right, laying the foundations then towards having an identity as a club um, and, and kind of wanting to, you know, uh, pursue with that. But have we recruited so one-dimensional that it's left us with an inexperienced squad? Um, not ignoring injuries, I suppose, but an inexperienced squad with only one way of playing. Playing long ball with the players that we've got, we're not able to do because we haven't got dare I say, a Wolves or a Calvin Andrew. And I'm not saying we should have those players, you know, back or anything like that, but having a plan B, I mean, would, would have done as well this season and would have done as well moving into the rest of the games. And I'm not so sure we do have that. I just want to touch on the nastiness there. I think I, I, think I said it and a couple of others said it a couple of weeks ago. Lund scoring the goals he's scored this season is obviously really good and he's contributed a lot to us going forward. But I can't help but think we miss him desperately in that midfield because like Luke said, that nastiness isn't there because Rathbone, his pressing's really good and he, his drive of the ball's good. But he's really in the middle because he goes, he goes pressing a ball and he vacates for space. And Morley's got, not got a nasty bone in his body. And I think having London there would really help us defensively. But you can't sort of you can't move him backwards because of a goal he's scoring, um, which is a bit of a conundrum for BBM. And I think I personally be thinking of moving him back now because we need that sort of player midfield to break the game up and kick the. He's making a lot of fouls, but he's fouling centre halves, and it, I don't want him fouling centre halves. I want him fouling midfielders and stopping the play there. Uh, so yeah. I, that's, I guess, one where we can combat that, but the attack is goals away. I don't think they're exclusively sort of... Um, I don't think it's the way where Lund is playing further forward and scoring the goals. I don't, I, he's, a lot of the goals that he's scored has, have come from when he's been playing in midfield and we've got Beasley playing, and he has dropped back. But obviously, he's getting further forward. than he, He's not playing a number four role, for example. And he never will do, but he has played a lot of this season in the middle of the park. And at the moment, while he's sort of playing almost as a as a striker, but with with Humphreys, that's evidently not working. Um, and you're right about the, the the fouls. He's picking up yellow cards, and he's still got that aggressive streak. But he's, he's like you said, he's, he's fouling centre halves. He's not fouling. We're still getting all the running midfield because he's that far for, that far forward. But it's been the case that we, when Beasley's played, he's the one who's got the height up front. He's the one who holds the ball up, and London's still got forward and he's still scored goals. And I think this highlights how much of a, an, an impact that possibly goes a little bit unnoticed. Um, that, that Beasley has when he when he plays up front because we just don't have any and, and Humphreys has been brilliant don't get me wrong but he he doesn't hold the ball up like Beasley does and he doesn't he's, he's very reactionary Humphreys and Beasley will get in there before him and he'll, he'll he's, a, he's a bigger presence in terms of doing the, the, the donkey work so to speak that's why I think they, they probably will work really well together 
but he can't do it on his own and Lund isn't capable of doing that role either. Yeah. Just to, just to follow up on that, like when I think when we say nastiness, it's not necessarily you don't want to see our players go around kicking the opposition. Um and when we're in the form that we are, we do scrutinise every single player, don't we? And I'll scrutinise Lund. I think Lund's um some of Lund's kind of bookings that he's picked up this season have been really, really unprofessional and you know, like he's letting the team down to a certain extent when he when he becomes unavailable for selection because a lot of his yellow cards that he's been picked up that that he's picked up have been for just stupid little things like kicking out a little bit, swiping, kicking the ball away. And it's just stuff that we could do without. When I say nastiness, what I mean is that kind of pure aggression and like, you know, that 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 kind of that will not to concede. And within the nastiness is the know-how, I think, that we've spoke about in weeks, weeks gone by as well. It's that game management that we speak about. It's Rotherham at home last season when we did everything we could to win a game of football. And we're not seeing that that passion. We're seeing the passion come when swipe someone because he's frustrated on, on Tuesday night. Don't want to see that. Just want to see us getting the faces and, and, and playing in an aggressive manner to make it hard for the opposition and, and, and to just basically defend what we have. And for me, I think we're, we're at a stage where we do have to sacrifice uh, what we do have going forward, at least in the, in the short term, uh, next couple of games, just because of how poor the goals have been that we've been conceding. And if that means dropping Lund back and leaving Humphreys a bit more isolated, I'd take that punt because you know what? Humphreys is one of the best strikers in the league. I'm still confident that we can nick a goal. But can we nick a goal and hold on to it? We've not, we've not, we've, I don't think anyone's confident in that. But with the guys say we set up, it feels like that needs to happen. For me, anyway. I, I agree. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to come to you now on this one because I think defensively, I think individually, we've got good players. I, I don't think it's a case of us not having quality at the back. All right, we could probably improve in the fullback areas. But the centre halves, Roberts is struggling a bit for form, but I've seen enough earlier in the season to suggest he can be good enough at League One level. For me, O'Connor was our best player last season. I know Shane's not played much, but for me, he's still class at this level when he can play. Osho, I've been impressed with for the most part. So it's not a lack of, it's not a lack of ability in that position. And yet, we do seem to concede a hell of a lot of chances and a hell of a lot of goals. And you do wonder whether that is a mindset thing, or the way we're setting up, or it's a lack of confidence defensively. I think it's a mixture of all of those things. I think when you, I was looking earlier, I think we've conceded maybe three or four goals fewer this season than last season. And we've played 10 games fewer, I think. Um, so that's worrying. And I think you can put that down to the goalkeeper, I think is a big aspect of it. Because from set pieces, we were poor last season, but Sanchez was so commanding. The amount of set pieces come and claim the defence would have had confidence in that. Don't know if... Don't want to read too much into this, but there's been a couple of goals in the last couple of games and the looks that a couple of the players have given Bazunu afterwards. I'm worried a bit about the confidence they've got in him. But I think what I alluded to earlier, I think last season we always had someone sitting in front of a back four. We always had protection. And this season we don't have it. So to be... To not be confident in your goalkeeper and to then not have protection in front of you, 
that's going to trouble any centre-half in the world, let alone average centre-halves in League One football for Rochdale. So there's a mixture of that. I think when you watch us, we're not... We don't... Some don't look right defensively from the front. The gaps between the forwards for midfield and the defenders are... They're amateurish. When we play on a Saturday morning, the gaps are that big because we don't really know what we do and we don't train and we don't have a plan really. We just go out and play football. And it's the amount of times you see London Humphreys pressing the centre-backs and it's an easy ball into their number six and he turns around and he's got 20. I'd love to play as a number six against Rochdale because you'd, you could make anybody. One of us could go and, and play number six for any team against us and we'd look a good player. The amount of time you get on the ball, it's embarrassing. And yeah, there's something wrong in the defensive structure and the press because we're not pressing together, we're pressing individually, and it needs rectifying quick. For me, I think I don't know, Luke. I'll, again, I'll come to you. But um, when, when we spoke about that run of form that we had when BBM first came in and kept us up that season, we did play three at the back, didn't we, during that spell? I know we had some players that maybe suited that system in Ebanks, Landell and Kosey and Clay, but we spoke about it quite a few times this season. Is it something you would now revert to in the hope that it kind of galvanises the defensive effort a little bit? Or um, do you think, again, it is more of a mindset thing? Because I'll be honest, I'm not sure going to a back three would make a difference at this stage. I think it is more about the way that we're playing out from the back and putting ourselves under pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against seeing us, um, you know, in, in a bid to be more solid, go to a three at the back. I think we've got the centre-halves to do it, um, for sure. But I agree with you, mate. Um, this, to me, is, is, is a cultural thing. It's a mentality. Um, and like Rai said, it's, it's, it's a team mentality. Um, it is individual as well, but if, if we're not collective in, in a press, for example, which... To me, um, we definitely didn't get it right against MK Dons uh, tactically because they just passed through our, our lines very, very easily. Um, you know, so for me, it's more of a mentality and it's more of a kind of collective responsibility to kind of, you know, to make sure that you know, we've got to stop leaking the goals. That's what's going to keep us up in the league, stopping leaking the goals because I still, I do believe we will still score, even if it means not scoring as many as what we have. Tech that. Take that, you know. Let let's just get. We've got to shut shut up at, at the back. It's as simple as that, really, for us to stay in the league. And I think the two results that we've had, it, it's kind of it's a lot of people are questioning um, what it's going to take to to kind of stay up. Um, and I think, in my opinion, it, it, it's having a bit more of an emphasis on, on on kind of closing up shop a bit and being more solid. Yeah, Chaff, I suppose we'll move on to the context of the of the MK Dons game, although I think these points pretty much go over both games, don't they? Because it, there, was, there was a lot of similarities with, between the two performances. But at half-time on Tuesday, we were actually discussing with a little bit of positivity the way we'd got into, into half-time, the final 10, 15 minutes. And then an eight-minute collapse, wasn't it, in the second half where we conceded three goals? Again, do you think that's the kind of thing that speaks to, you know, like a... A, a lack of a strong mentality within the group because you don't see the better teams in the league conceding three goals in quick succession. Absolutely spot on. Um, at half time, 
we'd had the better chances in the game for me. Um, I think I said to you, I said to, to a couple of other people as well, um, second half, play like the first half, win the game. I weren't in any doubt that we could go on and win that game at half time. And then what we see, what we see again, starting the half so badly. And to concede three goals in eight minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, it's it's got to be it's got to be a mentality thing. We're just not switched on. It might, it's, it's it's probably a lack of experience as well in what is a a very young well Matt Dawn apart, Jimmy Keogh apart. It's a very young sort of back unit goalkeeper Roberts, um, Osho, Morley in front of them, and. They just they don't seem to know how to. They haven't got the know-how to be able to stop that happening. And it, is it concentration levels? I'm not sure, but it weren't good, were it? And those those three goals go in in the blink of an eye. I've, I've turned off after that. But I'm not literally turned off, but I'm on my phone. I'm barely doing anything. It was absolutely horrendous. And going back to what Luke said before, I'm. Potentially a changing system. I'd be all. I'd have been well up for that three months ago, trying something different. But like you guys know, I'm. I don't think maybe going three at the back makes a difference. Um, we're probably going to get. We'd probably get more overrunning midfield and invite more pressure on. And the fact that we we can't defend, that wouldn't fill me with confidence. Um, and what Ryan said before about. Um, Sanchez and Bazunu is absolutely on the money. Last season, it was effectively like Sanchez was a defender coming out claiming all the crosses that he did. Bazunu, at best, is a touchline goalkeeper. Um, anything, anything that comes into the box, you don't think Bazunu's getting to it, and if he gets to it, he's not looking comfortable when he gets to it. Whereas Sanchez will come out and get anything. And it's it makes a massive, massive difference, and that will have that will have had a huge impact on the goals that we've conceded this season compared to the goals we conceded last season. It, it just goes to show how important Spanish Bob was to us last season, and obviously he's, he's playing Premier League football now, um, and that's going to be a rarity. But it makes you realise how, how good he was. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a con- it's got to be a concentration thing, conceding three goals in. Seven minutes is awful, absolutely awful. I massively agree with the point on Sanchez. Um, I've said all season that I'm not sold on Bazunu, and I just think a young lad in the situation we're in now, I'm just worried about his confidence, and I'm not too bothered about what he goes and does after Dale. It, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me if you know this season. This season at Dale ends up being you know the kind of a massive learning curve for him because it doesn't affect us in five years' time. Whereas, you know, it doesn't even affect us next season whether he's had that learning curve. If we're in League Two, you know, that, that's what affects us. Um, Ryan, on, on Tuesday, I suppose that, I don't want to call it an excuse, but that sort of balancing out of, of the opposition being great, how much would you place on that on Tuesday? Because I'll be honest, I don't feel like MK Dons had to get out of first gear and they were not even that far clear of us in the, in the table at the moment. No, I, I think watching them, they were a tidy team but they're not world beaters. You just have to look at the table for that. And I think the the biggest concern I think we'll have about that game is 
how much better they were than us at the same game. They try and play football the way we've tried and they would just look so much more accomplished than us. Um, and I just, I made some notes on my goals. You know, like Chaff said, we should have been ahead at half-time. We were the better team in the first half, I thought, particularly towards the end. And I got into half-time and I was quite excited about the second half. Um, and then you look at the second half, the, the second goal was a set piece again. Um, two unmarked headers, um, which story of our season, I suppose. The third one was poor from Morley to lose a ball where he did. But then I watched that goal again today and when he loses a ball with the, about 30 yards from our goal, 35 yards, 40 yards, and they're three on two because both of our fullbacks have gone. As soon as Morley gets a ball, that seems like a trigger for both fullbacks to go. Both fullbacks should never go anywhere. You watch even City, who I'd imagine we're probably trying to model the football on. If the left back goes, the right back tucks in and his Sanders are back free. And we didn't do it. So Morley's lost the ball, we're three on two. The two centre halves back off, and he's got a free shot from goal from 20 yards, which again, I, I didn't, I've not seen the right angle, but Bazuna don't make an attempt. Don't want to criticise because I've not seen the right angle for it, but it looked poor from everyone's perspective. And the fourth one, Again, I think that's the no protection in front when you watch that goal again, just like the last couple of passes. But at the same time, if we scored that goal, we'd be loading it. It was a good team goal, that. Um, but poor to watch. Um, so that's what hurt me the most, that how much better they were at that style of football than, than we've shown. Going back to what you said then about Marley's giving the ball away, it's his error. That goal is his error, without question. But I'm not seeing the desire to get back and make up for that error. And positionally, we were all over the place then. But one thing that really grinded my gears, we kick off after Morley's mistake, Morley's cock-up, we kick off and he shoots from kick-off. And I just wanted to throw him Italian to the middle of the road. Because that is just so... That's like, that's like a... a, a 12-year-old, but I've made a cock up, I'm just going to have a shot from here. We had a lad in our Sunday league team that used to do that. I want to see better, I want to see a better mentality than that. And that really, really wound me up. And that, to me, summed up pretty much where we are at the moment. Yeah, I agree. You've just made me angry again. Chaff reminded me of that, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, that, that goal... Um, I think we, we we obviously place a lot of trust in, in Morley, don't we? Picking the ball up in the position that he does. Um, I know, Rai, you say, you know, you can't have both full-backs going on. It's kind of how we've played all season. It's kind of how we've scored quite a few goals. It's kind of the reason as to why Jimmy Keohan has, has, has scored as many as what he has. Um, and it was a bad touch. And that's what led it to, to the counter. But again, going back to that nastiness for me, Roberts, spot the danger. We've lost the ball in a, in a key part of the pitch when both our wing-backs have gone. Take him out. Take a book in, take it on the chin, take him out. Teams do that to us every single week. Yet we, 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 didn't, we, we, we were too honest. We tried to win the ball fairly. And, you know, that, that isn't going that to... That's, that's not going to keep you in a league, you know, being like that. It was too... I'm going to put it down to age, you know, I'm going to put it down to inexperience, but you want, 
you want a reaction. When we lose the ball, you want to see us react. And as a fan, when we lose the ball there, I think the worst, I don't know about you guys, but I think, I think it's coming here. It's coming. Um, one thing I would say is that when I was watching the highlights back earlier, um, I know it means nothing, um, but MK Don's his fourth goal, um, we'd, be, we'd be absolutely creaming ourselves over the fourth goal, the way they worked it and passed it out. And I don't know if that's because we were so far off them or they were just playing kind of um, at a point where they were at max confidence and everything seemed to come off for them. But their fourth goal was absolutely brilliant. I think maybe a little bit of both. I, I think there's a few words that you've all said there that kind of sum up the way I felt towards the end of that game. I mean, Ryan, you touched on a lack of desire. I think that's how I felt towards the end. I think it, I didn't turn off after the fourth goal, but a couple of minutes later, I saw their two centre-backs passing it to each other and our two centre-forwards stood 10 yards off them, not even, not only not closing them down, not even trying to cut off a pass, literally just stood still. And for me, like, where's your professional pride at that point? You're losing 4-1 yeah. in a home game to a team yeah. that aren't anywhere near the top of the league. Just show a little bit, show a little bit of ball, show a little bit of fight. Because I'm, as a fan, I'm much rather, I don't, I'm, I don't care if you try to reserve energy at that point as a fan. I just want to see you have a little bit of pride. And I know it's, it's, again, it comes back to me sadly like a proper football man and a proper, like, uh, that's not the way I see the game. But at the same time, I just want to, I want to have something to say, well, we've not just gone down without a fight there. And for me, there's been too many games this season where that's happened. It's not just Tuesday. It's happened. Chillingham was at one where I felt we didn't even, we didn't even lay a glove on him. Peterborough, again, they're a good side, but didn't even, they didn't even have to try that hard to beat us as comfortably as they did. And that's where I'm starting to get frustrated now. I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching games and feeling like we're not even, we're not even making it difficult for the opposition. And at the start of the season, I, I was very negative about my opinions on where we'd finish. Now I'm seeing enough from the players to suggest we can do better. And that's, that's where my frustration lies. Yeah, you can't have... You can't have professional football players getting paid, give up. Like it, it's something that I've always struggled with playing amateur football. I've always struggled with seeing people give up. And it's like, where's like where's your actual like pride in just kind of doing the best that you can do? And if if you're doing the best that you can do isn't good enough on the day, then it isn't. But at least you can walk off the pitch and you know that you've put it in, and you know you walk off the pitch knowing that you've been honest and you've done everything that you can, and you couldn't have done any more. We've done that. Like we, we've done that for the supporters team. We've done it where we've given up as a team before, and we know about it. And we've done it where we've walked off the pitch and we've known that we couldn't do any more about it. And you can accept that as a play. You know, playing even at the level that we kind of play at. But at, at you know at, le- at our level in League One, seeing seeing players give up, which the old a lot of them did. Humphreys, who's like kind of I said the other week, was kind of our player of the season. Can't be asked seeing someone mop about the pitch feeling sorry for themselves. It's not on. You know, Lund swiping out. We love Lund. We all do, but it's not on. It sets the wrong tone. You've got to go to the end. And that's professional pride. And it, and it comes down to personalities as well. And none of that, for me, that shouldn't be on BBMZ. That's on, that's individuals. Chaff, I suppose after the game, there was a, a lot of discussion about BBM and his future and, and things like that. I think it's something we're going to have to speak about at this point, isn't it? Because I put a poll out after the game and it ended up being around, I think it was slightly BBM, something like 53 to 
47% in favour of him keeping his job. But if these performances continue, then the situation does become untenable pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you can see the reactions on social media, um, on the Facebook groups, Twitter, the forum, and the pressure is mounting. Um, and that's without us being in the relegation zone. But people are only seeing us go one way at the minute. It was hard after the game. I found it very hard. Um, I was in a horrendous mood because as a fan for 20-odd years, not far off 30 years, you kind of think you know what's coming. When the, when the pressure mounts in the fan base, generally speaking, there's only ever one outcome. It's just a matter of when and not if. Um, and we all know that we all know the reason, the contributing reasons, for, but you just don't see, you don't see anything improving. Um, and I'm, I, I, I like BBM after. I have done since the minute he took over. Um, and I don't, I don't want him to be sacked. I want him, I want us to go down to AFC Wimbledon and pick up a win. I want us to get points at home. I want us to start winning games at home. Um, and I want us to just, I want us to just, just do enough to stay up. And we have to remember where we were before a ball was kicked as well. We're favourites to, to finish bottom of the league. We're odds on to go down. Um, the bookies are, are not normally wrong. I said that at the time. But... You kind of think you know where it's what's coming, don't you? Um, and I think if there's fans in the ground, I think it's already happened by now. Um, because I think the I don't know Ryan's got a big, rightly got a, a big bee in his bonnet about some of the the, the reactions that we get from supporters at, at, at home games. But I think there's been booing for weeks if the fans are there. Um, be interested. BBM's never had that. He's never dealt with that. Hill didn't deal with it very well at all. Um, it'd be interesting to see how BBM copes with that. Um, but we're not going to get. I, I don't think we're going to get the the opportunity to see that. Um, and I think the home record, even though I completely understand that home and away records matter very little when there's no supporters there. For me, and I've said this on a previous podcast. It's giving the players a psychological barrier because um, once you're in a run of form like that, it's very, very difficult to get out of it and it becomes a psychological issue. They'll, they'll turn up to the next home game not 100% confident that they're, they're, they're going to get anything because of the, the form, I think. And any other manager with the home record that he's got this season, one win in 18 or over two seasons... Six, six home wins in two seasons, any manager's going to struggle to keep their job after that. Um, and it's a, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but, and I, I, I don't want what I think's coming, but I think it's coming. I, I think I agree with none of us, none of us want it to happen, right? Every single one of us here in this podcast, and I think among the Dale fans that we know and speak to regularly, all of us want us to win our next five games and everyone to be 
BBM's biggest fan again because he's a really likable guy. We've said it so many times. And you can see what he's trying to achieve. For me, I just think we're getting to a point now where, like you say, the psychological, there, there is something psychological happening at home because we've changed the dugout, didn't we? Did you see that on Tuesday? That can only be a psychological thing. There's no other reason to do that, as far as I can see. Um, and it becomes a stick for fans to beat the team with. Every game where we don't win, that that start the one in 19, it just gets bigger and more worrying. And I just wonder if, even if we go and win our next two games, the pressure's off him a bit. But then if we lose the next one at home, the same conversation happens, even if we've managed to pull away from the relegation zone a bit. Because I don't even think that's what matters as much at the minute. I think that stat is playing on fans' minds as much as the actual league position. Right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to head to you to ask for like a little bit of a, a little bit of a response because I know you're very much pro BBM and have been the, one of his biggest defenders, not only on the podcast but just generally. Yeah, um, I think after Tuesday night, it's the first time this season that I've sort of thought we're in big trouble here. Uh, that sounds a bit daft given we've been around the relegation zones all season, but the last two games have worried me. But it's tough now because I see where fans are coming from. I see where the fans who want him out are coming from. Um, the negativity on social media, as much as I don't like it, I sort of get it. People need to vent and that's their way of venting. It depends what you want as a fan. I think when you look at the players we lost, I think if BBM if we stay up and BBM stays, I think the next season and the season after could be exciting for us looking at the players he's brought in and the way he wants to play, the improvement that you'd imagine will be made with the players we've already got. But whether he gets that chance depends because at the minute we're not good. I don't want to see him go and I'd be, it'd be the first time since I've been watching Rochdale that I'd be saddened by a manager being sacked. When Hill got sacked, I was... I was that guy on social media, to be honest. I was a bit of a gimp. I was 18, 19, I think. Bit of a little twat on social media. Um, but I was happy he went, regardless of what he did. I'd be sad if BBM went. Um, because I can see what he's trying to do and I think it will come good. Um, but I can see why supporters are, don't have the patience. Um, because... We are losing football matches and we are, well, we're not sliding down the table, but we're getting closer to that trap door, which panics everybody. It'll be panicking the players, it'll be panicking BBM, it'll be panicking the board. Everyone at the football club will be panicking right now, but getting harder to justify, put it that way. But I can def- I can see what he's building and I think keep him and it, it gets exciting and it gets better. But like I said, we where we're defending. We'll see what happens this weekend. If we lose this game and we play 4-4-2 again and we don't change something and we lose, if you do another poll on Saturday night, it'll look very different. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with that. I think there was a lot of people responding to it saying, you know, give him Saturday, see what happens on Saturday. But again, I've come back to that point that the home record is the, is the thing that I think is sticking with a lot of fans. So, I think that I don't think there'll be if he does win on Saturday. I don't think many of those sort of that answered BBM out would change their mind based on that. Um, one thing I would say as well, I mentioned it on the forum, but for me that word that the negativity, I see some things that people are saying, and I think 
some of the some of the people that are very much pro BBM and believe that this is kind of the best that BBM can do in the circumstances. I think that's a little bit negative towards some of the players, if I'm being honest. I think this squad can do better than this. And I didn't think that in the summer. So I know it kind of sounds a little bit hypocritical now, but six months down the line, I'm seeing enough from players like Nubi. I've seen enough from players like Roberts to say that they can do better than this. Um, and To me, it seems like a negative outlook for people to turn around and say, this is the best that we can do. Because I don't, I don't think it is. I think we can be better than this. Um, Luke, you've been quiet for a while. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you chime in with your opinion on this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's tricky because I, I, I can feel myself speak with emotion when we're talking about the last couple of games, and I can tell I'm coming across in a way that I don't really want to. But it's because I feel frustrated with with kind of how it's been over the last few weeks. I suppose you've got to. When you're assessing a situation like this, you've got to almost take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Um, and so, like both yourself, Dean and Rice said, um, word for word, you can see what he's trying to achieve. You know, hey, when you look at the world of football and you look at managers losing the jobs, I think a lot of the time they lose the jobs because it's kind of like you don't feel like they've got anywhere to go. They've run out of options, they've run out of choices, there's no real kind of. Um, you know, go back to when Keith Hill got sacked. Like, there was no real method to our play. We were just kind of, just the results weren't great and we didn't really, we just weren't playing well and it didn't feel like we were going anywhere. Whereas, I think you both alluded to it and I think you'd agree that, you know, at least there is an identity that, that we have at the club. Looking back over BBM's tenure, uh, have we progressed and are we progressing? The bigger picture. You know, that, that's the question that I ask myself and I, I think back and I go, right, okay, well, he kept us in the league. You get you get your brownie points for that. Um, we had a decent season last season. We stayed in the league. Um, but he also brought cup games. He also brought revenue. He also developed players like Matheson, who we've sold on. In doing that, now that COVID is it, in doing that, has that, has that progressed us somewhat? would we be in a worse position had we not had the season that we had under BBM last season? I think the answer is, is you know, we, we'd be in a lot more trouble without kind of the season that we had last year and the things that BBM has done. So I'll look at that and I think, yeah, we've progressed last season. But then it's two steps back because you lose uh, key established players like Ian Anderson and Callum Camps. And we all went at the start of the season, how the hell are we going to stay up? losing the likes of Ian Henderson and Callum Camps. And we're in a position now where um, there's a fair amount of games to go and we have competed and we have enjoyed elements of this season. We've actually enjoyed watching our team because of the football that we've been playing and the goals that we've scored and the talent that BBM continues to bring through. Quadro Bar is brought him through. We're selling him on. It's progress as far as that's concerned for the longevity of the football club financially at a time like this in COVID. And I know the, the fan base speculate around what, what future managers you can bring in. But we have we have you know we have an identity at the football club that BBM has been part of now for the best part of probably 15 years. He knows the club inside out, and I think that's really important. Um, and he's fully, you can tell he's fully on board. He, you know, I know people get frustrated with his comments around, there seems to be that focus around player development um, beyond results. You know, player development is more important. Um, 
think to the media he portrays that image, and I think that is the case. But at the end of the day, he's a football manager. He he's he will be bothered about the results. Um, you know, so I look at next season as well, and the players that we've got signed on for next season. We've got a better core going into next season than what we did do at this point last season. I think, especially the way it turned out again with the players that we lost. So has have we progressed as a football club in the time that um, you know? in the time that BBN's been in charge? And I think the answer is yeah. And I know that feels daft because it feels like we're on a downward spiral towards potential relegation. But as a football club as a whole, I think he's done a great job. And for that, I, I am in the pro-BBN camp as, as kind of frustrated I may, as I may have come across tonight because um, I think he's doing a great job with one hand side behind his back in many respects. Um, and I think he's onto something good if... We stayed up, and he and he and obviously he was kind of you know still in the job. Um, I do feel like Rice said I'd be a lot more optimistic going into next season at that point than what I was going into the start of this season. Can we stay up though? That's the big question. I think that's where I'm standing. I, I agree with that. I think at the start of next season, I'd agree with what you said earlier as well, Ryan. If we were to stay up, I would feel going into next season quite happy with with the progress made. My issue is I think we've got more chance of staying up with a, a less naive manager in the next 15, 20 games. And that might be a, a short-term way to look at the club. But the difference between being in League One and League Two is bigger than we sometimes give credit to, I think. Not only in terms of the players we can attract, but just in terms of the, the finances that can come in and things like that. Some of the games, I'd, I mean, we've spoke about it before. Would you rather be sort of flying high in League 2 or, or struggling towards League 1. But for me, you've got to aim to be the best that you can be. Uh, and staying in, in the division is, is first and foremost the most important thing to me. Uh, and I think the board will probably see it the same way because I don't think they'd have given him the money to invest in players like Humphreys and Beasley if they weren't as bothered about whether they stayed in the league or not. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention really quickly as well about the cup games, I see a lot of people saying, oh, it's luck of the draw with the cup games. And that's true. And it was important for us in terms of the money that's come in. The, the thing that, that gives BBM a lot of credit in those cup games is the performances that we put in in the matches rather than the actual runs themselves. The way we played against both Man United and Newcastle gave me so much pride in this team. And that, that's, that's when it comes to the cup runs, that's the thing that I think BBM has in the bank rather than the fact that we got those games in the first place, if that makes sense. Uh, Chaff, I'm going to come to you. Yeah, you've just made a very, very good point there about... Um, the board's importance on staying in the league. From a financial part of view, it'll be massive, staying in League One. Um, but also, if you think back to the end of Keith Hill's era, the board made probably the biggest decision they could ever make to avoid us going down. So that's how much importance they put on it. They sat the greatest manager that the club's ever had. Um, they did it with fixtures in mind. They had, we had winnable games coming up. That's why they did it after that Luton game, which at the time didn't make sense. Luton were top of the league. We got beat. We weren't expected to get any points. And they brought in BBM. Well, not brought in, but handed the chair over to BBM. And he kept us up. And at the minute, you look at the fixtures that we've got coming up. Um, this is just before the end of this month. You've got... Burton Albion, you've got Northampton Town, you've got Blackpool, you've got AFC Wimbledon. You pick up wins in them games, all of a sudden you, you, you're not looking at 
at the back, the, the, the trap door so much. Will that be playing on the board's mind? Will it, will they base decisions on that like they did when Hill was in charge? In terms of like BBM's performance as manager as well, in terms of actual win percentages, he's quite high. Um, I've done a little bit of digging and from my previous managers dating back to like before Ryan was even watching um, maybe even Luke actually um, like Graham Barra, Steve Ayer um, Alan Buckley Parkin, second spell Coleman um, there's only Keith Hill with a better win percentage than BBM so and the vast majority of those were, were managers in, in League 2 and not League 1 so and what Luke says about BBM having progressed the club off the field with the way that he is he, running the club and, and the importance that he puts on in, in the youth I think it's a great point but I also think Hill did that um, would a new manager have that same importance on it impossible to tell but all things to, to sort of think about when, yeah, I, I genuinely hope that we, we can go and and, and pick points up because, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to see I don't want to see, see him go. I think you make a great point there about Hill and I think that's something that um, supporters would do well to remember because it kind of shows that the board, whilst they do place importance on these things, um, staying in the league is obviously re- the most important thing to them. Otherwise, I don't think Hill would have gone when he did. Um, and I would say that I don't think the board would make an appointment without that in mind if it's important to them. I think any manager who takes them over the reins would be told beforehand, you know, this is the way we're going to run things. This is the way you're going to have to bring players through and, and sell them because this is the way that the club operates. And I'd hope that, that any future manager at any point does that because I think it's the right way to run the club. Also, you made a point about the fixtures coming up against the other teams towards the bottom of the league. You mentioned Burton Albion, uh, Wimbledon and Northampton. Um, all three of those have made managerial changes, haven't they, in the last few weeks? I think that's sort of an indication that we have to be wary of those teams because all of them will expect to pick up more points soon. And I don't think, I think it's a little bit dangerous. Again, that's just the wrong word to use. I used it the other week and Ryan sort of pointed out how silly it was, but... I do think it, it would be naive of us to, to not expect any of those teams to start improving and we're going to have to improve at the same rate to stay above them. Um, I think we'll move on to our game then, try and finish on a bit of a lighter note after a pretty heavy discussion there. Um, obviously, it's AFC Wimbledon away this weekend. Um, Dale's first ever trip to Plough Lane. So I've gone back and got the team from Dale's first ever match against AFC Wimbledon. That would be the, the, the club that returned to the league, not the original club, of course. So um, it was 2012, uh, September 2012. So John Coleman was manager. Dale won 2 1 at Kings Meadow. So I've got the full squad here. I think Luke was the winner, wasn't he, last time? So we'll go with Luke first. Ryan always complains that he's last, so Ryan can go second, and then Chaff, you can go third. Uh, I will go for Bobby Grant. Yeah, Bobby Grant scored. scored. What turned out to be the winner? Uh, Try to forget Coleman's time. <laughs> um, Ashley Grimes. Yeah, Ashley Grimes played. Is this the game where Bobby Grant 
dived and then winked at the away fans because I was there. I was there that game. Yeah, that's the same game. I'm trying to think of the scene then. Um, Lewis. Yeah, Josh Lewis is correct. Uh, Kavanagh. No, unlucky. No, Peter Kavanagh. He must have been injured. I can only assume. No, Kavanagh. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Yep. Joe Raff. Yep. Kevin McIntyre. Correct. Cracking shout that is. I've got to keep my arms hands up, Anna. <laughs> Think of the back line, what the back line would be. Was that like we had on law? Edwards. Ryan Edwards. Correct. Deli Adibola. Correct. Scored the other goal. Don't remember him scoring any goals, me. Um I remember a screamer. Can't remember who it was against. I think this one was a header from, from my hazy memory. Donnelly? Yeah, came off the bench for Adebola. Who would have been in midfield with two? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Jesus. <laughs> I can't think at all who would have been in centre. I know Jason Kennedy was there, but did it, was he there that early in that scene? David Ball. Well... Uh, you probably should have said Jason Kennedy, right? Because Jason Kennedy played. David Ball didn't. I think David Ball came in when Steve Air was manager. Yeah, season. he was an air signing, David Ball. He was a loan signing, weren't he? Yeah, good. Uh, Chaff, do you want to see if you can name any more before I read out the team since you're the winner once again this week? I will have a guess. Uh, Reese Bennett. Yeah, Reese Bennett played. Who was his mates that used to that came in? Um, oh, Craney. Cranium Putterill, did you say? Yeah, Cranium Putterill were both in there. Did Raff play? Yeah, Raff got mentioned in the game, Luke. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Someone. All> right. Who <laughs> was that lad who's gone on to have a decent career? Pearson. Matt Pearson. Yeah, Matt Pearson. Um, Same. Phil Edwards is another one of Coleman's charges. Uh, and then I think the only ones that were missing, uh, Ben Smith. Goalkeeper on loan on the bench, uh, Craig Curran and Brian Barry Murphy, who no one said, despite us all discussing him for the last 35 minutes. Um, so that brings that game to a close. Uh, hopefully it will be another victory for Dale as they head to Wimbledon this weekend and we can have a slightly more upbeat podcast next weekend. But for now, all that's left for me to say is thanks for joining me, Ryan. No, thank you, Dean. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, pal. And cheers, Chaff. Ash one, cheers mate. Catch you next time, up the hill. Here he is. Hi dude. Oh, the wizard has arrived. <laughs> I can be a wizard too, man. We can all be wizards. Your dressing gown on. Yeah. What a guy. It's one of them days. <laughs> <laughs>